Live from the College of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at Michigan State University, it is now time to go beyond the X's and the O's with WKAR's Current Sports. You want to go after an athlete? One of my athletes? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a star receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yes, did I express to them I was mad? I was furious. Just furious. I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. We're talking about practice, not a game. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cat. Here's your host, L. Martin. people welcome to this pretty busy tuesday edition of wkar's current sports i am your host al martin and as i am speaking right now the sporting world is buzzing due to the latest news coming out of tokyo japan of course the 2020 olympics are taking place and you know we've been talking about the the lead up to the Tokyo Olympic Games. We've been talking about the events that have taken place so far. Some results pretty stunning. Um, and look, we we've waited more than a year for this moment, and, and many people have waited a long time to see who undoubtedly is the greatest gymnast of all time I don't care what gender you're talking about but Simone Biles because this ideally is her is her swan song right we don't expect to see Simone Biles four years from now but she's accomplished everything that you can accomplish in this sport but the sporting world is 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 buzzing right now due to what occurred today out in Tokyo and we've been talking about the mental health of athletes, and that conversation really has been been sparked and in many ways led by Naomi Osaka. And it's fitting that we just saw her Netflix documentary hit the the streaming service. And we got an insight into the the mental struggles that she deals with. If you haven't seen that three-part series, it's it's amazing. And it's a quick watch. And uh, and speaking of Naomi Osaka today, unfortunately, I have to pass along to you guys that uh, she was eliminated from the Tokyo Olympic Games. I'll give you more details on that in just a moment. But Simone Biles is also dealing with mental health issues. And... Her mental health issues led to her withdrawing from the women's team gymnastics final. Yeah, this is this is pretty fresh news. As of about, you know, like by the time you're listening to this about like five hours ago now. 
five or six hours ago. Simone Biles decided to withdraw because of mental health issues. And, you know, she touched upon this a couple of days ago. You know, I brought it to you guys on yesterday's current sports, how, you know, she feels like the weight of the world is on her shoulders. And, um, you know, she, she noted today that those competing are, quote, not just athletes. We are people at the end of the day and that the team is having to uh, is planning, excuse me, to have a mental rest day tomorrow. But the Russian Olympic uh, squad, they ended up uh, winning. The Russian Olympic Committee ended up winning the gold while Team USA took silver and Great Britain took bronze, which is still pretty impressive. I mean, to not have to deal with a a high stress situation like that, where I believe, you know, uh, looking at a few Instagram live Olympic feeds that I saw. It looked as though Simone Biles, she she began to warm up on the vault and begin to, you know, get into her set. And then she just kind of like stopped. And, you know, she was visibly emotional. Now, again, this hasn't aired yet. This is this is the gripe that I have with the Olympics when they are had internationally. You know, NBC, which does a great job of its coverage, you know, and shout out to Mike Tirico. He's really holding it down and, and, and he's such a pro, you know, Tirico, uh, Ann Arbor zone, right? But I tell you, man, the, the way NBC does this puzzles me sometimes when it comes to international Olympic games, because you have a major moment like this and you know, we live in 2021 where, where the 24 hour news cycle is glaring anything that breaks you're going to get it on your phone via some kind of app notification and it annoys me because you know nbc is pocketing this event saying okay we're going to save this for prime time tonight so we're going to let you know what the results are without showing you the live actual event i'm sitting there like what like like come on and then, you know, they're, they're making you, I mean, I guess if you want to watch it live, you could have, but you have to like pay and, and have this exclusive access and all this crap. And I'm just sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, when I woke up today, prepping for today's show, I got a notification on my phone saying that Team USA took silver and Simone Biles had to withdraw. And I'm sitting here looking so forward to seeing the results that are going to happen Tonight, because I thought the event was going to take place tonight, but I forget the time difference. So they were actually competing this morning here in America. And I'm just saying to myself, gosh, you know, we talk a lot about spoilers in TV shows, right? You guys know I'm a big TV and movie buff. Man, that's like, that's like, you know, telling me the, the end of Avengers without me watching one minute of it. How annoying is that? How angry does that make me? Well, you can hear it in my voice. So it was like, why even watch tonight? I mean, I'm going to watch because there was the drama there and, you know, Simone withdraws and I do want to see how it happened. But we already know what's going to happen. It's just NBC, do better, please, man. You could have aired that live. It makes no sense. If you know the results before the airing of it, and it's a, it's a re-airing, and it's not live, 
it takes away a lot of the lust, the luster for me. You know, it takes away the suspense, you know, the the unpredictability that is live athletic Olympic competition. It just it's just stupid. That's what it is. All right, just had to get it off my chest. But, you know, now we know that Simone is, uh, you know, she we now know what happened. She she withdrew. This uh, is directly tied to her mental health. And uh, as far as the other events that she qualified for, we'll see. I I guess she's staying because she says that the team is going to take a mental health uh, rest day or a rest day, a mental rest day, excuse me, on on Wednesday. Um, You know, even though that, you know, even though she withdrew from today's final, uh, that doesn't mean that she's not going to compete in the other events. So, yeah. And, and, you know, soon after the withdrawal, the, the USA Gymnastics Committee released a statement saying, quote, Simone Biles has withdrawn from the team final competition due to a medical issue. She will be assessed daily to determine medical clearance for future competitions. Thinking of you, Simone. Uh, and, and she returned, actually, in a tracksuit. And there, there's pictures of her. There's these still photos of her cheering on her, her teammates as they went on to win silver. And that, that's, that takes a lot of mental fortitude, doesn't it? For the, for the rest of those in, incredible young women, a part of Team USA, to deal with their star athlete, their leader, all of a sudden withdrawing unexpectedly, and to go out there and perform and, and, to, and to win silver, that, that's remarkable and those those incredible young women need to be applauded for that. They were incredible. You know, that, that, that takes some gusto. So I want to, I want to give them a a round of applause uh, for sure for doing that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very unfortunate because Simone Biles, again, she is the Michael Jordan of this year's Olympics. Uh, She is world renowned. She's heralded as the greatest, you know, gymnastics athlete of all time. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. But, you know, and it also, again, we're having conversations that we need to be having today as it pertains to the mental health of our society. And those conversations need to happen. You know, I, I know at least at least two names that come to mind. Friends of mine, uh, one who's a childhood friend that I've been knowing since I was like three years old, who have been battling mental health issues and and they come to me with their struggles and they tell me and I get direct insight into how they're doing it. And it's a beast, man. And society today is a beast because I think that, you know, now more than ever, our mental health is so fragile because of that thing called social media. You know, I think that when when social media came out, it was it was all glorious, right? And and it was new and we did we we did not know though the the mental health damages 
that could arise later on down the line due to social media. So many people spend time on their phones, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok, not looking up and and being in the present moment and enjoying the world around them. And then, you know, you see other people living their best lives, right? Their quote unquote best lives. And, and you start comparing your life to that, even though what you don't know is that their life is probably miserable, just like yours. And they are going through struggles just like you and I. But they're not going to post that. Everybody posts the great stuff on social media. So now you are comparing your life to that of the fake happy-go-lucky lives of others who post on social media. It just makes you feel crappy. And then that, that chomps at your mental health. And then when it comes to kids today, I, I saw it directly with my, my little sister. You know, um, always on social media. Always on Snapchat, chatting your friends and, and, and the drama that is being at school and being a kid and the bullying that happens while at school. That now comes home with you because social media does not have an on and off button. Unless you like delete the app or turn off your notifications or just heck, just turn off your entire phone. So that stays with you. And then can you imagine being a Simone Biles, one of the most popular athletes in the world? Can you imagine being her and dealing with all of the pressure when everybody expects you to go to the Olympics and perform to the best of your ability and to dominate? That's the best of Simone's ability to dominate, to shatter more records, to win gold medals. You're dealing with all of that in a foreign land that is Tokyo, Japan, not your home. It can can wear on you. All of the interviews, all all of the people on social media tweeting you and, and tagging you and so on and so forth. Like Simone said, she's human. And that pressure can get to you. It takes a lot of mental strength to deal with all of that. You know, I think if I if I was a big time athlete on social media, I don't know if I would. I, first off, I won't. I won't. I, I know this. I wouldn't let people comment on my post. There's a setting that you can have on on Instagram. I know, and, and just about every social media platform where you where you can. X out comments because people say some nasty stuff no matter how positive you try to be and there's always going to be haters who wants to read that crap right I don't even know if I would be on Twitter because Twitter is so immediate and anybody can just hide behind a keyboard and talk mess I don't even know I don't know I don't know what the benefit of social media is mental health wise for a major big time athlete like Simone Biles or any kind of celebrity or anybody in the public eye. Gotta be real with you guys. So this is unfortunate. And no credit to Naomi Osaka, because I I believe she was like the she's the first one to ever like withdraw from competition, a major competition, citing mental health awareness. And 
you know, Naomi Osaka has been the leader in that regard. And now we see Simone Biles following in, in her footsteps. And um, uh, again, it's a different it's a different kind of scenario here because Simone withdrew because it's, you know, it's, it's really bothering her. But she's not withdrawing from the entire Tokyo Olympics. At least that's what we're hearing right now. She's still going to compete. She's still scheduled to compete in the other events. But that could change. We'll see. But with Naomi, she intentionally withdrew from tennis competition to raise awareness for mental health and because she needs to take care of her own mental health. But all in the same, you know, when you, you know, it's all in, it's all in the same ballpark. But I'm, I'm hoping she gets the right help that she needs and, and I'm hoping she, that, that, you know, I'm hoping that she takes Wednesday to really rest up and, and um, get where she needs to be to compete because we love, love watching Simone Biles. But uh, but yeah, that story's everywhere. I want to get your reaction to it. 517-355-WKAR. 517-355-9527. Give us a call there. And you can leave us a comment um, anywhere on our social media pages. Uh, so leave us a voicemail at that number or comment on our social media pages at facebook.com slash WKAR news. Uh, go to Twitter. You can tweet us at WKAR News or tweet me directly at Al Martin WKAR. Right now I want to pivot and bring to you some other major headliners here locally and beyond. It is time for your current sports quick hit headliners. All right, folks, and we'll start here. Got some Michigan State football recruiting news, some pretty big Michigan State football recruiting news. As Mel Tucker and the Michigan State football team landed their 16th commit in the 2022 recruiting class yesterday, and it's really the biggest name yet. Dearborn Fordson High School wide receiver Antonio Gates Jr., who is a four-star recruit, and the son of former NFL star tight end Antonio Gates. Well, Gates Jr. announced his verbal commit to the Spartans on social media. That's right, MSU beat out some big names for Gates' commitment. Florida, Penn State, Kentucky, Tennessee were the other type schools in his uh, top five as of last week. He is six foot one, 185 pounds. He is the first four-star commit for the 2022 class and the second highest ranked commit in the Tucker era behind 2021 linebacker Mae Gayotiote. And that's according to 247 Sports. So pretty big name right there committing to the Michigan State football program. I tell you, Mel Tucker is right now blazing red hot on the recruiting trail. Uh, doing a pretty good job right now. I, I love I love what him and his staff are doing right now. All right, all of you Michigan State hockey fans out there, tickets are now on sale for the upcoming season at Mud Ice Arena. That's right, the 2021-2022 home slate will include 18 games, including seven non-conference games and 11 versus Big Ten opponents. Two of the non-conference games will be on December 29th 
to the 30th. As part of the Great Lakes Invitational Showcase, Michigan State will host Western Michigan on December 29th. Then we'll meet Michigan Tech on December 30th at Munn. Now, the complete schedule, including the remaining dates and opponents, uh, will be announced later on this summer. And season tickets start as low as $180 for families and recent graduates. So, Michigan State hockey tickets on sale now. All right, the Detroit Tigers could not complete a comeback last night. They lost 6-5 to five in the 10th inning on Max Kepler's walk-off single to score Kenta Maeda, the uh, free extra inning runner on second base against left-handed reliever Gregory Soto. Detroit has dropped four games in a row now, and that's why I didn't get too high when they were on that red-hot winning streak. All right, four games in a row. The Tigers won their first seven games coming out of the All-Star break against the Twins and the Texas Rangers at Copac, America Park, but were swept by the Kansas City Royals in three games at Kauffman Stadium. Now, Game 2, set for tonight at 8.10 p.m. in Minnesota. Tyler Alexander on the mound for the Tigers while the Twins will roll out Maeda. So we'll see what happens. The Tigers right now are on a four-game losing streak, but we'll see if they can get back on the winning track. All right, three Detroit Lions players may see their training camp debuts delayed this season. On Sunday morning, the Lions announced that defensive end Austin Bryant has been placed on the active physically unable to perform list. Javon McKinney has been placed on the active slash non-football injury list. And Evan Heim has been placed on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. So Brian is entering his third year in the NFL after being taken by the Lions in the fourth round of the 2019 NFL draft due to various injuries. Bryant has played in just 10 games through two seasons. Lions vets are due to report to camp today. So there may be more additions to the Lions injury list as they prepare to open camp officially on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens. But uh, those are three names right now that are out. Okay, A-A-Ron, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I feel like the, the football world, especially fans out in Wisconsin, you guys, I know you're in the midst of celebrating. You're still riding high on the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA Finals over the Phoenix Suns, and, and you should be celebrating that moment, right? By the way, that was a great parade. Great parade. Um, P.J. Tucker, yeah, he went crazy. I love it. I love it. But in the midst of all of the celebration, I know you cheeseheads are are paying attention very closely as to what is going to happen with your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it's interesting because a couple of days after Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams posted like Last Dance, you know, the Last Dance documentary profiling the greatest basketball player of all time in in, uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, that aired last year during the pandemic. Great doc, Tim Parks. It's on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Rogers and Adams they they posted Last Dance themed photos of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen on their respective Instagrams. Maybe like signaling that okay, we're gonna come back for one last dance, like the Bulls did in '98. 
and it's being reported by ESPN's all-knowing NFL reporter, Adam Schefter, that Packers, the Packers, and the Rodgers are close to an agreement that will bring the MVP quarterback back to the team for at least the upcoming year. So while Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy at the shareholders meeting on Monday repeated that he hoped Rodgers would be the Packers quarterback beyond the 2021 season, Schefter said that the agreement, quote, would set up Rodgers' departure from Green Bay after this season. So that's the catch. Uh, I'm guessing Aaron is saying that, all right, if we're going to do this, I'm just doing one year. I'm going to give one last shot at trying to win a ring with you guys. And uh, after that, I'm chucking up the deuces and I'm hitting the market. So that, again, has not become official. But, I mean, if it's coming from the lips of Adam Schefter, who knows his stuff, then it's it's pretty, pretty credible. All right, so uh, we'll see what happens there. I also want to note that uh, ahead of the 2021 NBA draft, which will take place this Thursday, as my beloved Detroit Pistons have the top pick, Cade Cunningham has signed a multi-year footwear and apparel endorsement with deal with Nike. Uh, Cade Cunningham, again, expected to be the top overall pick. After a COVID-19 impacted market found a majority of last season's rookies playing out the 2020-2021 season without a sneaker deal, brands are now returning to aggressively signing top players heading into this week's draft. And Nike had its eyes on Cunningham. He starred at the Nike-sponsored Oklahoma State University and has long had an affinity for the brand. So, yeah, Kay Cunningham signing with Nike. Future. Detroit Pistons. I'm just going to put it out there and just say it because the Pistons, I, you can't go any other way here. All right. Pretty obvious. <laughs> All right. Moving along. Uh, back to the NFL. Want to let you guys know uh, the, the, the latest concerning the, the uh, Deshaun Watson situation. But uh, 10 women have now filed complaints with Houston police about the Texans quarterback. Uh, that's according to Watson's attorney, uh, Rusty Harden. Now, eight of the women, according to Harden, are among the 22 who have alleged in lawsuits that Watson sexually assaulted them or engaged in sexually inappropriate behavior during massage sessions. Two of the women who have filed complaints with Houston police have not filed lawsuits against Watson. That's uh, what Harden said. Houston police would not comment when reached yesterday on either the investigation or the number of women who have filed complaints. But this is the latest concerning Deshaun Watson, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I don't know if you guys have been following uh, what's going to happen or what's what's being uh, uh, speculated out in Houston concerning Deshaun Watson. But apparently Houston is open to trade talks. That's right. Deshaun Watson is on the market if, if teams are interested. And no doubt about it, it has direct ties to the off-the-field drama. Uh, and it's being reported that that they want some top picks. If they're going to give him up, 
they want some top picks in return. So we'll see if there is uh, a team out there that is willing to uh, take to take the risk, really, because we don't know how this this legal situation is going to play out with Deshaun. So you are going to be taking a risk if you decide to uh, to bring him along to be your starting quarterback for your franchise. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out, though. All right, and as I mentioned, uh, some some uh, Tokyo Olympic updates here. Japan's tennis superstar is out of the Tokyo Olympics in Naomi Osaka. That's right. Osaka lost to former French Open finalist Marketa Vondrosova of the Czech Republic 6-1-6-4. In the third round of the Olympic tennis tournament yesterday, Osaka won. Oh, I should say today on Tuesday. Osaka won her opening two matches in straight sets following a two-month mental health break, but conditions were different on Tuesday. With the roof closed because it was raining outside, Osaka made 32 unforced errors she hadn't lost prior to the quarterfinals of a hardcore event since the 2020 Australian Open. So Osaka is out in Tokyo. This was her first tournament since withdrawing from the French Open, citing a need to take a mental health break. Her focus will now turn to defending her U.S. Open title later on this summer. But in many ways, her entire year had been built around trying to win a gold medal in Tokyo and represent Japan. And uh, again, that that dream comes to an unfortunate end. So other notable stories other than Simone Biles withdrawing from Team USA today. I want to let you guys know that Lydia Jacoby, big story yesterday, became the first Alaskan swimmer to win Olympic gold, securing the medal in the 100-meter breaststroke in a major upset at the Olympics. And for the first time since 1992, the American men have lost a backstroke race at the Olympic pool. Yeah, Russian swimmers swept the top two spots in the 100-meter back on Tuesday in Tokyo with Evgeny Rylov claiming the gold in 51.98 seconds and teammate uh, Clement Klosnikov uh, taking the silver in 52 flat. So uh, there you have that. Um, some, some pretty shocking stuff. And, and I want to let you guys know also that the Philippines has won its first Olympic gold after nearly 100 years of trying as weightlifter Heidelin Diaz made history on Monday winning the, winning the Philippines' first gold medal at the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. The country has been trying to reach the podium's top spot for again nearly 100 years. It sent its first Olympic delegation to Paris for the 1924 Games. So Diaz won gold in the 55-kilogram category of women's weightlifting, and in the process, she also set an Olympic record with her combined weight of 224, 224 kilograms across two successful lifts. That is strong. Very, very strong. (laughs) And congratulations to uh, Heidelin Diaz representing the Philippines so well. All right. Let's hit our first break. When we come back, I do want to give you guys some takeaways. We'll take a break from all of the big Olympic news. I want to give you guys some takeaways from yesterday's uh, uh, playing 
of the Mel Tucker press conference at Big Ten Media Days out at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Uh, have some further thoughts on Mel's comments and, and, and his preparation for year two as the man in charge of Michigan State football. That and more, you are listening to the Tuesday edition of WKAR's Current Sports. Welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. I want to take a brief pause from all of the Tokyo Olympics news. A lot of news coming out. Uh, No story bigger than the one of Simone Biles, the arguably the, the most popular athlete at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, her deciding to withdraw during team ta- team competition for Team USA today, uh, citing mental health problems. So I want to take a break from all of the Tokyo Olympic news, and, and I want to I want to piggyback off of the presser that we rolled in yesterday, coming from Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium for Mel Tucker, head coach of the Michigan State football team, who spoke at Big Ten Media Days. And, you know, th- there were there were so many different areas that he that he touched upon, but uh, a few notes that I want to expound upon. And I, I love I loved the part of that presser in which Mel Tucker talked about his relationship with Nick Saban. Now, Tucker began his coaching journey under arguably when his career is said and done arguably the the greatest college football coach of all time in Nick Saban. Nick Saban, former Michigan State football head coach. And uh, Tucker said that Saban laid the foundation for him. Quote, Coach Saban, I've known since I was 17. He recruited me when he was the head coach at Toledo where my dad played. Uh, Saban hired Tucker to join the MSU coaching staff as a grad assistant for two seasons. That was back in 1997 to 1998. Quote, I learned how to coach. I learned how to recruit. He told me the first day, listen, the best players don't necessarily make the best coaches. Oftentimes, the best players are not the best coaches. You have to learn how to coach. You have to learn how to recruit. If you pay attention, you'll do fine. So, He goes on to say, Mel says, quote, so I listened to everything that he said. I wrote everything down. I was a sponge. He is a great leader, great motivator, and great developer of not just players, but also coaches. How awesome is that? Yeah, Nick Saban recruited Mel Tucker um, as a player back in the day. And then he goes on to work under Nick Saban. And, And when you're learning from, again, one of the greatest football minds of all time. And now he can bring what he learned right here to East Lansing. Uh, That's that's pretty incredible. That is pretty incredible. And, gosh, I mean, wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall just to hear the spiel that that Nick Saban gives to kids to come to Alabama, even though he doesn't have to really – he doesn't have to really give, like, like this awesome Barack Obama-type speech. He doesn't. Because Alabama, the program itself, sells itself. But 
Saban, without Saban, that 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 Alabama Alabama program would not be what it is today. All right, so his name alone uh, holds a lot of weight. Um, also, uh, Xavier Henderson, who was among the player representation for Michigan State football out in Indy for Big Ten Media Days. Um, you know, I, I love, you know, some of the quotes that I, that I read from, from Xavier and, and, and how he's preparing and how this team is preparing. I love he, He's a natural leader, I think. And when it comes to now, there's a lot of questions for Michigan State football. No, no doubt about it on both sides of the football, defensively and offensively. You know, especially offensively. Defensively, though, maybe more shored up, I, I, if you want to say that, in comparison to the offense. Because on defense, Michigan State has seven defensive starters returning this season. That's including Henderson. And he has started in 20 consecutive games at safety. He said his experience is beneficial when it comes to helping the freshmen and transfers, saying, quote, I think they kind of respect that. We'll turn on some game film, and they see me out there, and so they kind of listen to me. I try not to get on them too much because it's about finding your own way, and I try to just guide them, not tell them what to do, but guide them. I don't want to steer them wrong, so I try to help them out as best as I can. I love that. Uh, Xavier Henderson, you can just listen to him and just tell he is a leader in that locker room. Uh, Drew Beasley, also another player, a part of the uh, the representation for Michigan State football alongside Henderson and Jalen Naylor. Um, and Drew Beasley entering his final season with Michigan State. He started in all seven games last season, recorded a career-high 27 tackles. Beasley said one of his personal goals for this coming season is to make all Big Ten first team. I love that. And I think he has the potential to to do that. He is a very talented player, uh, three-year letterman. He, he came close last season when he achieved honorable mention honors from the coaches in the media. Uh, he said the accolade gave him a bit of a chip on his shoulder. So, yeah, use that as motivation. If you feel like you were slighted or came up just a bit short of where you want to be, use that as motivation to push you to where you want to be. And um, also, uh, transfer quarterback Anthony Russo. Oh, boy. Will it be Peyton Thorne? Will it be Anthony Russo? That's, that's the big question right now when it comes to Michigan State football. That is the question because, you know, Peyton Thorne had some moments, but the consistency wasn't there. And now you have transfer quarterback Anthony Russo, uh, who is threatening to take the top spot now. And, uh, you know, Russo, you know, anytime you you have a a transfer coming in the mix, I think it's great because it pushes everybody. A transfer of this kind of caliber, it's going to push everybody. And Jalen Naylor noted that uh, he's already begun building a relationship with Russo. Quote, we've just been trying to get in as much, get it in as much as we can. After workouts, we'll get some routes in, just trying to pick each other's brains, just trying to learn from each other, and just trying to help him calm down with the offense and just have him playing confident. He's going to come in and bring everything that he's learned in the past years and bring to this organization. And it's going to make a big impact for us for sure. So I love that. 
you know, Anthony Russo already like immersing himself uh, into trying to figure out the personalities and the guys that he could be throwing to uh, this upcoming Michigan State football year. Uh, he's a grad transfer from Temple. He played 31 games for the Owls from 2017 to 2020, including 26 starts. Uh, completed 60% of his passes. So, hey, I, I think if I had to give an early prediction here, I think Anthony Russo, who spent, again, five seasons at Temple, I think he's going to be the starting quarterback. Maybe not initially. Maybe they go with Peyton Thorne just to test the waters and see if he has improved on, on the foundation that he laid last season. But if not, I think Anthony Russo is eventually going to be that guy. Maybe not the first game, maybe the second, maybe the third. But Russo, who who says that he needed a change. You know, when it, when it came to why he transferred, this is what he said, quote, uh, They are very family-oriented here, which is something I take pride in, being a family-first kind of guy. I just thought it was a great fit, not only football-wise, but academically for what I wanted to do. It was a great fit as well. To me, it was a no-brainer. So he finished 16-10 and as a starter at Temple, ranks third all-time in passing yards, passing TDs, passing completions, and fourth for passing attempts. He started the first three games in 2020, but missed the rest of the season due to a shoulder injury. And he has this one season of eligibility remaining. So, I mean, again, looking at the mentality of that, you're saying to yourself, all right, I got one more year of eligibility remaining. Wherever you transfer to, you want to have a pretty good chance of starting. So that's why I think the writing is on the wall. And I think it's going to be it's going to be Russo. Again, maybe not off ripping that first game, but second or third, yeah, I think he's going to be the guy. But, you know, I love what I'm hearing, you know, from from Mel, uh, foot on the gas, expectations are still high, you know, they want to win the Big Ten, you know, every team wants to win the Big Ten, that's what you hear from all these coaches at Big Ten Media Days, right, you kind of hear the same spiel, coach after coach after coach, press conference after press conference after press conference, everybody is hopeful, you're not going to talk about the negative, we're going to talk about what we're building upon, the new players that we have coming in, we want to win the Big Ten, we want to go all the way, we want to to be one of the best programs within the conference, yada yada yada, we've heard it all, right? (laughs) Which is is why it's refreshing when you do get those moments where you're talking about anything other than, than season expectations and X's and O's at Big Ten Media Days, which is why I love Mel Tucker talking about his relationship with uh, with Nick Saban uh, last week. So, all right, folks, let's hit our final break. When we come back, I'll put a bow on today's current sports by touching upon the latest on Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson out of the National Football League. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. Again, just want to close out the show here by, by talking about, you know, this whole Aaron Rodgers situation, which has been pretty entertaining to follow. You know, we've been following it throughout really the beginning of this summer, probably even earlier than that, right? And uh, 
many people so intrigued about A.A. Ron because he is still one of the best quarterbacks in all of the NFL. You know, it was fun watching the match not too long ago. Uh, what was that? July 4th weekend, actually. It's uh, Rodgers, Tom Brady, Bryson DeChambeau, and Phil Mickelson all played a round of golf together. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau beat Mickelson and Brady, which was uh, it was just fun to watch. And, you know, it was just fun also to watch Tom Brady kind of poke jabs at Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, when he was on the phone call with Grant during one part of the, the round of golf. Uh, Tom Brady joked and said, yeah, I'm, I'm here with Aaron Rodgers, who, I, you know, I, I think he is still the, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Oh, man, so it was just fun to see those two all-time greats kind of take jabs at each other. But, hey, Rodgers, today, he showed up to Green Bay Packers training camp, and he's back. You know, when you get word from Adam Schefter, it's pretty much good as gold. All right? Aaron Rodgers is going to be back at least for one more season. All right? Uh, You know, that, that restructured deal is going to have him come back at least for one more year and uh he's he's entitled to receive a lot you know they'll they'll convert a large chunk of his 2021 salary of 14.6 million dollars into guaranteed payment you know that that's that's something that the Packers automatically could have done in March and you know which they they would have done if he wasn't making noise behind the scenes about wanting out I think it got really ugly there it really did um you know, really, the guaranteed money means nothing. It's it's not like they were going to cut him. You know, he was getting that fourteen point six mil this year simply by showing up. So uh, Adam Schefter again, he broke the news of this deal, and uh, he tweeted repeatedly about quote unquote concessions by the Packers. When in reality, the only concession came from from wiping out the final season of the contract. You know. Schefter's final tweet on the subject says that Rodgers has secured, quote, the freedom to decide where he wants to play in 2022. So this gives him one last ride. This shuts up Packers fans for at least one more season. And whatever happens, if it's a great season, hey, maybe you entice him to come back and give a run at it. You know, if you win the Super Bowl, great. I don't know. Maybe he comes back and wants to see if he can repeat. Uh, But if you fall short, you know, maybe it convinces Packers fans out there that okay maybe we should go a different route you know we'll see at the end of the day though this this gives Rodgers some freedom if he wants to test the market after next season you know and after everything that's happened over the past three months at the end of the day all it took was to get him all it took to get him back I should say was was wiping out 2023 just wiping out that, that final year on his contract and just saying, hey, come back for, for at least just one more year? Huh. Interesting. Again, they wanted him long term, but you dragged this on this long when, when all you could have said was, all right, we'll wipe out the final year. Bottom line, no. It's a huge win for the Packers. It's also a, a, a big win for the, you know, the old school football types who think that the NFL is becoming like the NBA and everybody just wants to hop onto the next hot team and, you know, uh, a link up with other superstars and so on and so forth. So Rodgers had a chance to, to further 
blur the lines between the NFL and the NBA. Uh, but hey, he's coming back, and Packer fans should be happy about that. So we'll see what happens this upcoming season. Final note on Deshaun Watson. Uh, You know, innocent until proven guilty. There are multiple women alleging abuse here. And as you heard in our headliners, 10 women have now filed complaints with Houston police about Watson. What are those complaints? I have no idea. I don't know the details about those complaints. But innocent until proven guilty. And Deshaun Watson is going to play football this upcoming season. Make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Despite how the perception of Watson is changing a bit when it comes to who he is away from the football field, on the field as a football player, Deshaun Watson is still one of the best players in the league. And there are many desperate teams out there who want to win. And reportedly, there are many teams out there who are willing to take a risk on Deshaun Watson. I want to ask, because we're going to lead our show with that conversation tomorrow. Would you take a risk on Deshaun Watson if you are a, a historically losing down and out franchise? Heck, for kicks and giggles. If you are the Detroit Lions and you don't have Jerry Goff, if, if that, if, you know, let's say you got John Smith as your quarterback, would you take a shot on Deshaun Watson? 517-355-WKAR, 517-355-9527. Leave us a voicemail there. Again, we'll be talking about that topic and so much more on the Wednesday Hump Day edition of Current Sports. But until then, have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday afternoon and evening. Be smart, be safe, and be easy, people.